2, Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Aren't you glad that Jesus came? Praise the Lord, isn't it? Salvation is available to mankind. And Jesus is the reason why? For the season. Praise the Lord. We celebrate Jesus today. You know, I put something. I'm going, to sh I'm going to read it to you because I don't want to miss it out. If you follow me on Facebook, I'm not promoting Facebook, but I got to read this to you. It just, it's part of my message, but just because it's here, I want, you, I want to read it to you. It says right here, it says, So you say that it doesn't feel like Christmas. Like Christmas is a feeling. Christmas is not a feeling and never will be a feeling. Christmas is a celebration. Got it? Oh, do I have about two likes? I don't care. <laughs> anyway, let's look. Let's look at God's word. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you uh, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that you came. Thank you, Lord, that you went to Calvary. And thank you, Lord, that salvation is available. Thank you, Lord, for the day that Brother Page came to me and opened the Bible and led me to you. I praise that day. And, Lord, I can, my heart goes to everybody here today in my mind, the place where they were when they got saved. We are forever grateful. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, may they open their hearts to you, Lord. May they receive that wonderful gift. The greatest gift of all is Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we've been on the theme refocus all year round. I like a theme in the beginning of the year, and I preach based on that theme. It keeps me focused on... We, we, if you look around the walls, you see the different themes. Uh, that one was this year's. We have a new theme coming up. The new theme is, he must increase and I must decrease. That's our theme for the coming year. But that one is refocused. I, I, that came to my heart of uh, looking at a camera, a picture camera, the old cameras, on which you had to play with it to focus the image about taking a picture. Today, we don't need that. That does automatically for you. But those of us who are still young at heart, all right, we still remember those things, all right? So, <laughs> uh, I remember I had one in my sister's wedding and I dropped it. And I never heard a camera make so much noise. And I was like, you know, I ever saw the commercial, you want to get away? I wanted to get away because all the attention went to me and I didn't want that attention. It was, I mean, it was like the weirdest thing. The camera got broke. It broke there and it just, that was it. But anyway, let's go to our message. Merry Christmas. Uh, oh, actually, the title is Have a Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas is a word that we hear often during Christmas season, right? People say Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas this, Merry Christmas that. I like to look at people in the eye and say Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas is shared, well, I don't say, some stores, shopping malls, in a workplace, in our neighborhoods, among our family, we say the word Merry Christmas this time of the year. So Merry Christmas are words that we use during this time of the year 
to greet people, right? You don't say good morning. Well, you say, say good morning, Merry Christmas. You know, I walked in my sister's house yesterday. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry. I had a lot of Merry Christmas going around. Everybody was like half asleep when we walked there. I'm not kidding you. You know, like I, I'm, I'm loud, so I walk in, and I start greeting everybody. Before you know everybody, say Merry Christmas to everybody. I'm like, what's, what's wrong with you guys here? Oh, I don't know. We're just talking. I'm like, no, just celebration. Just like have fun. Anyway. Do you, do you like to play uh, like the Yankee, Yankee Swab? Who likes to play Yankee Swab? I love Yankee Swab. It gets loud. I, I, got, I, got, I got a nice gift. Uh, I had a, like a coaster, you know. I have a particular gift, but those things really touched me. I tried to hide it. It didn't work. They took it from me. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. Anyway, let's get serious. So Merry Christmas hours we often hear throughout the year, and of course uh, we greet people that way. So this season we hear the friendly word Merry Christmas all around us. So Merry Christmas is a gracious well, greeting, is, is a sentimental statement, yet while the phrase itself is very, is very wonderful to say, to, to, to speak it out, so many of us, for so many of us, the truth is, is that many people have no idea what it truly means to be married. Or say, when you say Merry Christmas, what it means to be married. Actually, through the years, I have met people on which strongly say that there's nothing merry about Christmas. Some have told me, I hate Christmas. I hate this time of the year. Some others have said to me, I don't like Christmas. It's too commercialized. I said, it's because you want. You don't have to go to the store. You know, just go with the, you know, go against the current. The current goes this way. I'll tell you this way. I went to a store, Walmart. I don't like to say stores. But I walk in a parking lot. It's first thing in the morning. It's like, well, like five something, six o'clock in the morning. I have to go Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. You say, you're out of your mind. No. I mean, I just like to go. You know why? I don't have to buy anything. I just like to go. It's just me. I learned that with my daughter. So. <laughs> So I keep the tradition. So I'm walking in the parking lot, and, and I could hear the speaker come out of the store, like, you know, um, what song was that? Um, um, the Spanish song. I can't remember the song right now. Yes. And I was like going, going oh, okay, I'm going to the store. And I was in the mood to buy everything in the store. It just got me in the Why stores don't play my Christmas songs is beyond me. You got to get in the mood to buy stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, I got inside, like, what can I buy here? You know, I went to another store. What can I buy? I went to a bunch of stores, and I bought. I spent a bunch of money. I didn't have to. Believe me. I gave it all. It was not for me, but anyway. <laughs> so you want to learn how to be merry at Christmas Eve, just come next year. or Write it down. I'm going to go with pastor. Just come along. You will see. So what it means to be merry. What it means to have a merry Christmas. A modern dictionary defines the word merry as being full, listen to this, of cheerfulness. Joyous in disposition of spirit, laughingly happy. So we often think of being merry as simple being happy. But the Bible shows us that it means so much more than that. Keep in mind that happiness, all right, is based on circumstances. Follow that? If circumstances are good, everything is wonderful. Until somebody cuts you off in the highway, then that's it. Everything goes down the water. That's it. You got like, what happened? I, you know, there's a guy that works with me. We call him Grumpy. That's his nickname. I didn't nickname him. Somebody did. I said, what's the matter? Did somebody cut you off on the highway again? What are you talking about? 
I mean, he's always grumpy. You know, like, you know, he's never have a happy circumstance. So happiness is based on circumstances. I got money. I got food. I got a place to sleep. I got a car until it breaks down. Right? You know, but, you know, that's circumstances. Now, Mary is different. Joy and Mary are not happiness at all. Understand being married is truly a condition, listen to this, of the heart. You can be living in the streets and be married and joyful. You follow that? It's a condition of the heart. I say, if I have this, I'm happy. All right, I understand that, but I can have nothing and be joyful. It's better than happy. All right? So we, we live in the world today. You deserve to be happy. We don't deserve anything. Okay? So, one can put on a show of being married outwardly, being happy outwardly, but the true merriness is a matter of the heart. The merriness of our heart is the direct result of our relationship with Jesus. Go to Psalm chapter 32, verse 11. I want you to see something there. I'm going to have you going from Bible verses this morning because I want you to get this thing. All right? So, Look what it says. Are you there? All right. Oh, your iPad, your iPhone, your Bible, whatever you have, that God's Word, open up and look at it. Be glad in the Lord. And look what it says. And what? Rejoice, he what? Righteous. Those who are saved, righteous. And shout for what? For joy, all ye that are upright, what? In heart. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. It does not talk about circumstances here. It's talking about your position, who you are as a person. All right? So, let me share with you three biblical descriptions of what it means to be merry and have a merry Christmas. All right? So doing so, you will discover just how God wants, you, uh, wants to enable us to truly have a merry Christmas. Okay? Number one. If you want to outline there, if you want to take notes, however you want to do, if you just want to listen, up to you. A merry heart is a contagious heart. Go to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13. A married heart is a contagious heart. You know why I love this track? Because it says five reasons to smile. So you have somebody walking on the street like this. And you go, hey, one second, I get... This thing, five reasons to smile. You ever see go? They open and crack up in a smile. Why? Because you give them something that they know, something they look at and it, it bright and bright so they so if you walk around with a smile, it's contagious, folks. It is contagious to smile. So smile more. Yeah. Believe me, this year did something. Don't go to, the, well, go to the gym if you want to. Uh, I, I made it last year. My thing, I was going to the gym. I never made it there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to the gym. I never made it there. But you know what? Smile more. Rejoice more. Believe me. Look what it says. A merry heart make it what? A cheerful what? Countenance. If your heart is merry, it expresses in, it, in your face. But sorrow of the heart is what? The spirit is broken. When you are married, you will literally result of being cheerful and you will be obvious of all around you. All right, all right. Winnie the Pooh. You ever watch Winnie the Pooh here? I'm not promoting anything. All right, I just want to make a point here. You ever see Rabbit? Man, I don't like that guy. 
Well, he's like he's like a he like has a, a, a machete. It's got to be that way. And when you get like Tigger, <laughs> that guy is like, is a joyful fellow. Right. Sometimes he's too joyful. And you have like uh, Eeyore. Oh well, if I die, then I'm dead. If I fall down, that's okay. It's real. It's all right. And, uh, that's like doomsday every time. Then you have Winnie the Pooh. This guy has no. He just goes with the flow. And the bees are biting me, but I have to eat honey. You know, like, you ever watch that? And everybody's going to go home and watch Winnie the Pooh now. But anyway. <laughs> so a merry heart is contagious. So the word merry literally means joy, joyful or showing joy. When a person experiences true merriness, it will show forth in their face. When a person is truly merry uh, in their heart, it shows in their face. Thus, a merry heart is a contagious thing. A simple smile can uh, can embrace or it can it can it can help somebody else that is sad. Believe me. So, somebody has a lot of problems and you simply give them a smile. It can make a difference in their day. So smile more. So, letter A is good medicine. Look what it says in Proverbs seventy twenty two: A merry heart. Do it good like medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. According to Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful, uh, positive mindset is the key to experience healthy relationships and fulfillment in life. It's not where you why in life, it's how you live your life. You got it? It's not the way you why in life and your condition, your situation, it's how you live your life. Jesus didn't own a home. Got it? Jesus had one piece of clothes on his body. And when he died, they took it from him. And I may tell you what, Jesus is the most joyful person on the face of the earth. So we think we have to have this, 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 this. Listen, we don't have to have anything. It's how you live your life now, the things that you have. How many unhappy people this morning? I've got to return this, return this, return this. I don't like what you... And you remember those days when there was lines in the store and people were angry? Why could you don't have that? That's not my size. Go, go back there. All right. Shop online so you don't have to do it. <laughs> so a heart is a, uh, the heart is a person's inner thoughts, emotion, and will. It says a merry heart, uh, do it good like medicine. Medicine is something that treats and alleviates the symptoms of what? Of a disease. If you have a headache, I love Tylenols when you have a headache, right? I don't like headaches. Let's say if you have any type of disease and you take medication and it alleviates it and you get cured for it, it's wonderful. The same thing with a smile. One comment that he suggests a cheerful heart causes good healing. As an appropriate literature translation, a cheerful heart brings good healing. A glad heart makes for good health. So scripture repeatedly testifies to the potent effort of the mind and body. Actually, you go to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, I want you to see there something. Proverbs 14, 30. Look what it says. A sound heart is like the life of the flesh, but envy is the rottenness of the bones. Uh, the next chapter, verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 13. A merry heart maketh a, cheer, a cheerful countenance, but sorrow of the heart 
the spirit is broken. Get this, a merry heart doesn't go because it generates, uh, it goes because it generates health and healing is good. Actually, your doctor would say, smile more. Why do you think they have a lot of talk shows that the purpose is to make you smile and laugh? Because you had a stressful day at work and they want you to relax because it's good for you. Watch the shows at 5 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock, where they are. It's about joking. Some things is joking. It's just like, you know, like, are you kidding me? But anyway, they're trying to make you smile more because it's good for you. You know, by the way, we Christians should be the most smiling people on the face of the earth. doesn't mean we have no have problems. We do have problems. Is smile more. All right? So, l- listen to this. The verse explains that anxiety in the heart, a man, it causes depression. Look what it says. The wisdom, say, wisdom savings agree with scientists starting uh, uh, from the American College of Cardiology, Harvest Medicine, and John Hopkins that demonstrate the mind's powerful influence over the body. A cheerful heart, content temperament not only fortifies our mental health, but enables us to resist the attacks of physical diseases. Since the heart is the center of our inner life, its condition and, uh, and tune reach the othermost parts of our own existence, including our body and even our relationship with others and, of course, our mind. If we think more cheerfully, you live more cheerfully, never based on your condition. Happiness is based on conditions, but marry and joy is what you do with life. You make that choice. Look what it says in Matthew 15, 18. But those things which proceeded out of the mouth come from what? The heart. If your heart is elevated, our body will lift, will, will be lifted up. Our words will be uplifting and our relationships will be enriched. If your heart are crushed and broken, the condition of our bodies will break down and it will no strength to encourage others. So if uh, good medicine is a merry heart, how can we foster and promote eternal joy? I mean, eternal joy. Scripture says that God's law, precepts, and statutes refresh the soul and gladness the heart. You know what you do? Start your day with God and end your day with God. Read your Bible. Follow that? And if you don't read your Bible, it's your own fault, not mine. I cannot move the fingers for you. All right? <laughs> so, number two. A merry heart is a continual, a merry heart is continually content. I'm sorry. Look what it says in Proverbs 15, 15. All the days of the affliction are evil, but he that is of a merry heart had a continual feast. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. No, Merry Christmas. It is a time of joy, isn't it? Look what it says in our text. Let's go back to our text. Look what it says. Uh, I go back, go back here a little bit. Let me sh- see what it says in our text. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you what? Good news, good tidings of what? Great joy, which is for what? All people, not a segregated group of people, but everybody. For unto you what? is born this day in the city of David, uh, the Savior, which is what? Christ the Lord. Listen, what we celebrate today? Did you sing happy birthday to Jesus this morning? We did. We did. Happy birthday. Listen, he's the reason for what? The season. It's a celebration. I don't care how you celebrate, but it's a celebration. You know what? 
is a, is a season of joy. But I tell you what, you are a Christian, be joyful every day. He was like, what? You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm going through either. You want my problems and give you mine? I mean, we're just an exchange. <laughs> Everybody have problems. Uh, you know, if you say like, oh, you're problem free. No, no, no. I choose to smile at it. What does it mean I'm problem free? All right. So you walk in a house and you get a $900 oil bill. What are you going to do? Be grumpy for the rest of the month until you pay it? You got to pay for it. What are you going to do? Pay it and just go on, you know? And when you take a shower, it's like, oh, I'm glad I have the oil downstairs, you know? <laughs> Otherwise, you know. Anyway, okay. Let's go back to where I was. If I, okay. Uh, did I give you the second point? All right, the source of contentment, letter A. When I give you an example, one Sunday afternoon I met with a sweet young couple. This is a few years, a few years back, maybe five or six years ago, after our morning service. As I talked with them, they related to me how blessed their lives truly were. They had grown since they were saved in a Christian home. They, they, I'm sorry, they grew up in Christian homes. I'm sorry, because of, of that, they had now made some of the foolish choices other people have made. They, they were telling me, so uh, many young people, couples have made, so they, had, uh, they were blessed with two children, and the list went on. They kept talking about it. But I, they were, didn't have much, to be honest with you. They knew them very well. They didn't have much. They didn't have, uh, but I could see by talking to them, they were joyful. They were merry and joyful. They were trusting the Lord. They were joyful. They, they were not complaining. They were just expressing their gratitude for what the Lord put them. So the Bible tells us that a true merry person will continually be feasting on the things of the Lord, the blessings of God. They all will, all, will always be in remembrance of, of the reason why they're joyful. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm going to heaven. That's, that's when we think about that, should give us joy to go on with life. I got saved. God is my king. He's my savior. He's my heavenly father. When I die, I'm going to be with him for all eternity. For all eternity. You know what happened when our minds got too earthly and we think about the here and now? We forget about the eternal. Isn't that what the children of Israel did to God in the wilderness? God said, I'm here. I will guide you. I will take care of you. And they said, yeah, we know, but we can do a better job than you can. They complained the whole time. Until God got fed up with it and said, your carcasses will be laying in the desert. All of you. You know, God loves us. Is one man that learned this way. Paul, in the book of Ephesians, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, and again I say, rejoice. Paul learned to rejoice, and he repeats himself in here twice. So let it be the encouragement of our contentment. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He say, you don't understand. I will look at my circumstances. Look at my life. Look what I'm going through. And Paul said, I'm sitting in jail, house arrest, and I say to you, rejoice in the Lord. When Paul shares with us a secret today of joy, is that it's okay to share with everybody else? Yes, if you have that joy in your heart, share it up, smile up. And people say, why are you smiling? I'm a Christian. 
I'm a child of God. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. You want me to keep on going? You know one thing I learned to do? I quote scripture all day long, you know, and people don't even know I'm doing it. I don't say, and the Bible says this verse and that chapter. I just use it as a conversation. I do. Put senses in people's minds. Their minds are corrupt. So if you are not... Uh, 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 to keep the, have the secret about joy and how to be joyful, learn with Paul. Read the book of Ephesians. Number one, rejoice in the Lord's provision. You're still here. God's still providing, isn't it? You're still here. God's still providing. Right. Uh, we don't know my situation. Uh, you don't know mine either. You know, we don't know each other's situation. But tell you what, God is a providing God. Amen. May we believe that? Well, you know, I'm working hard. All right, okay. You want me to go on that way? All right, okay. He provides you the job. He provides you the health. Amen. He provides you the air for you to breathe, the water for you to drink. All this. Who's the provider? God is. He allows you to work. In the end, give thanks to Him. Lord, thank you. Oh, goodness, we have to look at life from a spiritual perspective. Otherwise, we look like everybody else. Stop thinking like the, like the world does in a humanistic thinking. Okay, so rejoice in the Lord's provision. God is the provider. Look what it says. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I'll bring you good tidings of great joy, what shall be with all people. Did God promise a Savior? He promised a Savior. Did God fail? No, He did not. It came in the right time. In the right time. And at an appointed time, the Bible says, He came. God didn't fail. Who failed? We did. And even today, we're still failing. Every Christmas, people reject God. Every Sunday, people reject God. Right. He failed. God did not. God said, I provided salvation for you. Why are you rejecting my gift? Because we think we know better than God. We really do. We think we know better than God. Oh, you think if I get saved, I'll go to heaven? <laughs> really? I don't need that. You know, I got my religion. You know. You know, by the way, folks, I don't know what religion you come from, but let me tell you this. Religion will not take you to heaven. Jesus will, but no religion. Read the Bible and the Bible. I don't care what religion you come from. doesn't matter what religion you come from. You will not go to heaven by religion. You will be very surprised when we die. Rejoice in the Lord's prayer. God is a providing God. He provides constantly all the time. Number two, be merry and content in your circumstances. I tell you what, I have a friend of mine, I never forgot this. He was battling cancer. He had a little kid, little girl. I mean, they were already, I think they probably married already, but they were a little girl. And he was battling cancer. I, I don't know what kind of cancer he was battling. He was a young kid, 12, I think he's 21, 22 years old, just got married. Graduated from school, got married, beautiful wife, and, and uh, he's battling cancer. He's going to get his chemo and radiation and all stuff. And one day, I mean, before that, he already did. He said, I can complain about myself, my situation. I'm young, why I have this? You know what he said? He, every time he, when he witnessed to the doctors, to the nurses, to the people in there, he was like a voice for God. He didn't rely on his circumstances and his pain. He just would a voice for God. And one day you walk in there, you walk inside that, that room, and the doctor said, you know what? If I were you, go hug your wife, your kids, you probably won't make any till tomorrow. And he said, he said it there. He testified and he said in the church, he said, I drove my car. I was so out of it. I found myself in New York City 
When I got there, I got to my senses. So what am I doing? I'm saving my child of God. Let me go home. Turn around, went back home. Still lives to this day. God took the cancer away from him. Still lives. The doctor said, I don't know, are you supposed to be dead? He told the doctor, my God is bigger than you. Did it happen to everybody? It does not. But it happened to him. And if you don't believe me, I can kill the guy and he can come here and tell you what I'm telling you. Great Christian men. Great family. So be married. Uh, uh, be married and contentment is not based on circumstances. Circumstances comes and go. Is that like the, the faces of life? Today, life is not good. Tomorrow is better. The ne next year will be a lot better. Then goes back to the be It's circumstances. If we rely on that, we live miserable lives. Be joyful every day. Trust God every day. He said, Pastor, it's not easy to do. No, it's not. I didn't say that. But it's the right way to do it. Let me give you an example. A grandma comes to visit her grandchildren. Uh, tell her, thank you, grandma, so much for getting us ice cream. Last time you were here, grandma, that was great ice cream. I really, really love ice cream. You getting the message? You don't need to... Uh, uh, psychology degree to figure out that the kids are asking grandma, can we have more ice cream like that one? <laughs> so Paul wants the Philippians to know that he appreciates what they're doing for him, but he said, but if you don't give me anything, it's okay. I mean, if you give me, I appreciate it, but if you don't give me, it's okay. I learned to rejoice in my circumstances. The word contentment, so content, is a word that speaks of self-sufficiency. It's very important for a word for a group called, uh, I have to ask my wife about this word, the Stoics? Is it the Stoics? Stoics. In that time, uh, the Stoics took well a uh, view of life where they were determined to let nothing affect their emotions. All right, okay. They were fiercely dependent on refuse to be disturbed no matter what the circumstances were. So the Stoic philosopher... Uh, summed up stoic, uh, stoicism well, uh, well when he wrote, the happy man is content when he present, uh, when his present lot, no matter what it is, and he is reconciled to his circumstances. So is that what Paul is talking about here in the book of Philippians? He said, I said, I learned whatever state of life I am to be content. Now, folks, where was Paul when he wrote that? The circumstances were not that good. So a good example is this is found in 1 Corinthians 7, where Paul is instructing slaves to become Christians. And look what it says. He's talking to slaves here. Look what it says. 1 Corinthians 7, 21. Art thou called being a servant? Cannot for it, but if thou mayest be free, use it rather. Verse 22. For he that is called of the Lord being a servant is the Lord free man. Likewise, uh, also he that is called... Being free is Christ's servant. It said, it don't matter where you are in life, you can choose to be miserable or you can choose to have the joy of the Lord. You follow that? It is your choice. I cannot make that choice for you. You cannot make that choice for me. I can smile and be contagious with people by just cracking a smile. But ultimately, you make your choices either to be joyful, even in the midst of headaches and pain, or just allow the circumstances to mold your heart and mind. Okay. Number three. 
Do I get to give you number two? Okay, number three. Okay. Look to Jesus for your strength. Look to Christ for your strength. Look where it says, I can do all things to Christ which strengthens in me. It goes what I put on Facebook. You see, that doesn't, uh, uh, you say that doesn't feel like Christmas. Some people say, it doesn't feel like Christmas. Like Christmas is a feeling, it's not a feeling. Christmas is not, like the same thing with salvation, is not a feeling, it's a decision. I don't feel like I'm a Christian today. Yeah, because you're walking in sin. But salvation is one thing, one decision that you made at one point in time. You became a child of God. You are a child of the King. Oh, I don't feel like I'm a Christian. Well, maybe you say, get right with God. Okay? But the same thing about, oh, I don't feel like, I don't feel like Christmas. It doesn't feel like Christmas. It's not a feeling. It's a celebration. Amen. So you may have too many problems and you don't feel like celebrating Christmas. All right? So they'll celebrate. So you say that you hate this time of the year because something bad happened to you at Christmas time. Honestly, there are many things that we know that can bother us. But you know why you still make that choice. Oh, this day, this day. Some people are good at that. This day, this day, this morning. This hour, this minute, this happened to me, so I don't like this day. All right. You can, for the rest of your day, just keep about thinking about that and feel sorry for yourself. Or you can say, Lord, this day something happened to me. Lord, I'm going to give it to you because I want to be joyful. Give it to the Lord. You know what Lord says? Cast all you care upon Him, for He cares for you. He says, everything, all you, everything, just give it to me because I want you to be joyful in life. I can do all things to Christ who strengthened me. This is one of the most popular verses in the Bible, besides John 3.16. You see, and posters on T-shirts and coffee mugs everywhere, it consistently ranks as the top ten of people's favorite Bible verses. And it, and it should this is a wonderful verse, and one is often turned for encouragement and strength. Unfortunately, it's one of the most, most misapplied verses in the Bible. Many people read this verse apart from its context and apart from a full scope of Scripture and misunderstand its meaning. So the person who wants a new car but can't afford the car or the payments goes and says, I can do all things to Christ who goes strengthen me. In a month come, you go, oh, I'm going to pay. Okay? Foolishness, isn't it? So, or the student who never really studies to cover, uh, uh, to cover the, the, the tasks uh, for negligent, whatever he wants to do, you go, oh, I can do all things to Christ to strengthen me. And, Jesus, and God says, I give you books to study. Why don't you do it? So, sometimes prosperity preachers will quote this verse to tell you that you can't do anything because I can do all things to Christ who strengthened in me. Fortunately, this verse does not say I can do all these things, uh, all these things I want, because we are on, on uh, pretty selfish people. That's who we are. And that's what create a nightmare uh, in our own world. So, as far, so, no, it is far better promise in its context, which is simple, was simply this no matter what my circumstances, may be, no matter what trials I may face, no matter how difficult the, the road will be ahead of me, God will give me the strength to make it through. That's what Paul was saying here. Paul said, he said, you know, uh, it don't matter what I'm going through, it don't matter the pain, it don't matter the circumstances, God will get me through. All these 
things you hear out there, it is. Okay? And so, Paul learned this way. So, during this season, it's so easy for us to get distracted by materialism, to get depressed about the things that others have and we cannot have because we cannot afford it. You know how I grew up? I'll be honest with you. You say, Pastor, listen, I grew up in a defense country. We had, I had, you say, listen, I appreciate everything I have, and the Lord's been blessing me tremendously. But you know what? I had a pair of shoes for Sunday. You say, on Sunday, my mother allowed us to, my, to have a pair of shoes. Because I love to play soccer, the bottoms of my shoes didn't have bottoms. I, it was barefooted. It looked like a shoe, but in the bottom. So if it rained, guess what? You're soaking wet because the water gets on your shoes. We had one pair of pants for the week, one pair of pants for Sunday. I said, we were poor. I didn't know. He said, that's the way life was. But I tell you what, were we content? We were content. Too much materialism. All right, okay. Appreciate what you have. Praise the God, praise the Lord for what you have and keep going that way. It's easy to get distracted by materialism. And, it, and, and just think about, oh, look what others have. Or not. Listen, I, I, it goes like this. Okay, this is very basic. All right. Some people are always going to have more than what you have, correct? No matter how much you try, it seems like they're way out there and you go, what in the world? And some people are always going to have less than what you have. Be content where you are. You see that? It's always going to happen that way. Some people are going to have more, some people are going to have less, and like, like, we need to learn where we are to be content right there. But it's not fair. Life is not fair. Life is not fair. I work so hard, so everybody else. Well, some people don't, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, there's a lot of another message for another time. I'm trying to make you understand what it is to be merry and joyful. Look what it says in First Timothy. Go to First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. We're almost done. I promise you're almost done. We'll get there. Look what it says. First Timothy 6, 6. But godliness, what's the next word? With contentment is what? Great gain. Number three, a merry heart is correctively curative. A merry heart, uh, merry, I mean, Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart, do it good like medicine, but a broken spirit dry it up the bones. A merry heart, the Bible says, do it good like medicine. Oh, goodness. Smile more. Smile more. I, I, honestly, if you want to hear something, if you didn't hear nothing in this message this morning, I would say to you, smile more. Smile more. Smile to life. Smile more. Have that smile. You say, Pastor, but sometimes it's not easy to smile. I agree with you. Sometimes it's not easy to smile. But smile more. How many times have you and I gone through some difficult times and someone help us with a smile to find us laugh again? I remember when I was taking chemo. No, chemo, radio, chemo. The first two treatments were okay. I needed to do six treatments. The fourth one, as soon as I walk in that place, I just wanted to throw up. Just, and I took medicine for that. But I remember, the nurse says to me, she said, 
If you don't want to do it, don't do it. It's like, no, no, no. I came here. You just stick the needle there and do it. And I deal with it. And she looks at me, and I was very serious. And my wife comes with a whole meal with salmon. It's one of my favorite fishes. It was like, boop. It was like she, the smell and the, the, the stomach thing just moved out, and the food looked so appetizing. The thing went in, and home I went, never threw up. You see, sometimes that's what it does. Actions of someone else, a smile, a, a caring thing, it can bright up our day. Don't be so focused on your things that you don't see that. I think the Lord says to you and me every day, snap out of it. Come on, come on, I'm here. I love you. Oh, you know, I am. Oh, no, come on, look up. Look up. A merry heart will do you good if you will allow the Lord to give it to you. A merry heart will do you uh, will do you sorrowful, I'm sorry, a merry heart will make your life much fun to live. A merry heart will, will help others around you. Let me tell you, a smile is contagious. It always going to be. I conclude with this. Let me remind you today, today is what? Christmas Day. And we say what? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It means, you know what? Rejoice. Because the Lord have come, as He promised. Rejoice because our salvation is sure. Rejoice if you're saved. Rejoice is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Rejoice. We might not have another day to rejoice again together. Problems will come. Problems will go. It's part of us as humans. Don't let problems overtake you let God guide you are problems hard to deal with absolutely sometimes very hard but I tell you what have that joyful spirit let the Lord guide you trust him continually because in the end you would say it was good going this way than going this way you follow that it's good Lord go this way than going this way I hope you listen. I really do. Have a Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this special day we take aside to celebrate your birth. Father, may every person here, don't forget that every Sunday we celebrate you. Every Sunday. We come here, we sing, we preach, we fellowship, we go home rejoicing, and we don't have enough, so we come at night again and do it again. And we want to be so together again on Wednesday night. We come and do it again. And Lord, we can't wait for Saturday. We want to be again here. Lord, joy being a Christian, be a, a child of the King. I pray, Lord, if there's someone here that never received that wonderful gift of salvation, may today, may they come forward. You can show from the Bible how they can get saved. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please.